Hey peeps, welcome back to the Growth Lab podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harris, and I run the Growth Lab, a lead generation consultancy for commercial cleaning businesses. In today's episode, I chat with Sharon Cowan, CEO of the Cleaning Business Consulting Group. Sharon has been involved in the cleaning industry for over 30 years. After a successful career as a teacher, she bought a small residential cleaning business with six employees. Sharon grew that company to 140 person, multiple seven figure commercial cleaning business over the next 15 years. And after selling her business, she pursued coaching and mentoring opportunities which led to her launching the cleaning business consulting group Sharon now consults seven and eight figure commercial cleaning businesses on corporate leadership business development strategic planning and systems and operations in today's episode we talk about the secret to building a successful cleaning team why training is the number one thing you can do to help your employees staff retention and keeping your team motivated why you should hire part-time staff developing a training system and continuous professional development for your cleaning team and why you your employees are more important than your clients. For tips on lead generation and insights on the most successful strategies, tools, and tactics to grow your commercial cleaning business delivered straight to your inbox, sign up to the Growth Lab newsletter via the link in the episode description. Ready? Let's dive in. Hi guys, I've got Sharon Cowan with me today. Sharon has got lots of experience within the cleaning industry. Uh, I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with her. We connected on LinkedIn and I know that uh, we've got a couple of talking points that we really want to cover in this episode of the Growth Lab podcast, uh, mainly around finances and staff retention and making sure that you throw your business off a solid base of team building. But before we jump into all that, Sharon, welcome. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your career in the cleaning industry? Okay. what you kind of focus on today okay thanks for having me matt i really appreciate it it's a great opportunity to speak to your audience i've been in the industry oh 30 some years i was 14 when i started no not really but (laughs) (laughs) i was a lot older than that when i started but i have so i have a lot of years i came from a teaching background and then from a business I was in the retail business for many years, and I left that because I wanted to have my own business. I knew that was really in the cards for me. So I bought a struggling um, six-employee residential cleaning company, and I built it. I saw the opportunity before I bought it. The, The previous owner let me spend about a month with her, and I heard the phone ringing off the wall. That was the day, in the days before computers and internet and online bookings. So it was was actually phone calls where you spoke to people and there was business to be had and I saw the opportunity. So I bought the company and I sold it 15 years later and I took it from six employees to 140 employees and doing business in five counties. We were really regional in the state of Florida, in the United States. I didn't do many states. I stayed with Florida because I had all the business I wanted right here at my fingertips. So then it was really developed into a commercial operation. I enjoyed that part of the business much more so than residential. I had a residential manager and she handled all the homeowners and all those issues. Um, And I focused on the commercial side and built that. So then we sold the business uh, and I started consulting. I, I got many requests from people all over 
how did you do it? What did you do? Tell me how to fix this. What do I do with this? So I said, hey, why not? Yeah, so I, yeah. uh, I have been coaching for just about 20 years now, mm-hmm. working with businesses on, I, 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 don't, I don't spend a lot of time with spart- startup companies. I spend time more with companies at the million or so level who want to get to the next step. They don't know how to get to the next step. So we work on growth. We work on profit. I'm a huge financial person, um, as well as employee issues. Employee issues are the hot topic for everyone, right? Pretty much my background. That is a very illustrious career, Sharon. So look, I know before uh, we went live, we, we had uh, touched briefly on on a, a couple of uh, hot topics that you just mentioned now. First is the employee aspect and the other is, you know, the the finances. I think, yeah. you know, I have been spending quite a lot of time on Twitter and really staffing and staff retention is a big, big issue right now right. for cleaning businesses. You know, with your experience in building a business up from six to 130 was that right like what yes 140 uh, yes Mm -hmm. what 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 was your what's your secret like what what do you now tell other cleaning business owners you know the the sort of strategies the tools to implement to build those teams sure i think one of the 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 biggest areas is making that employee feel valued and feel like they matter in the company Mm. and that they're employed that they're important the work of the company is important too many times we bring them in and hand them a mop in a bucket mm. and say go clean those employees will never stay with you okay. they have to see the value of what they do they have to see and have pride in what the company does I'm also a huge supporter of community involvement in the company, giving back with charitable time spent, charitable events and energy like that, that you put into your community. When employees see that, they're part of something. So when they are part of something and they feel good about where they are and what they're doing every day, they don't have a tendency to leave. Training is the number one thing that you can do to help employees. Too often, again, we give them a mop in a bucket and say, go clean. I strongly believe that your trainer or trainers are the most important people in the company besides the CEO, because that trainer is the one that has the ability to mold that new employee and to give them the right attitude. I would much rather have a trainer who is stronger in people skills and less strong in technical cleaning skills. Yeah, I can teach the, t- the technical t- training skills. I can't teach. It's very hard to teach attitude toward other people. And that's what you look for in a trainer yeah. is that attitude toward other people. Are they caring? Can they give direction? Can they correct a, a misbehavior without demeaning a person? And so that trainer is like the golden nugget to the success of retention. Mm-hmm. And then once they get through the training period, the next period is keeping them, of course, and keeping them with employee motivation tools and events. Something as simple as a monthly meeting with staff that says Mary Smith and Tamara Jones and so-and-so and so-and-so all had no absences this month mm-hmm. and they're getting a certificate of appreciation. Mm-hmm. So come on up and get your certificate of appreciation. And when you do this in front of their peers, it has so much more meaning for them. 
And it can be very small things, but it makes them feel that they matter and they're important. Um, I found over the years that for some of the employees, the work environment is the best environment they have. They often come from dysfunctional families or dysfunctional home lives. And if we can be a bright spot in their day, they'll come back. That's human nature. Anybody's going to come back where they're applauded. They're given a pat on the back. They're told you're doing a great job. We need you, you know, that kind of thing. They'll come back for that because they get enough grief. Some of them get enough trouble at home that they that they want to get away from home. Yeah, I mean, it really having sort of values and a mission-driven company, is it a case of attracting the right type of staff or can you attract any staff provided you've got the right training infrastructure in place to be able to mold them into the sort of employee that you want to be? I really think it's attracting the right kind of staff. And I think you have to look at your staff over the years and take a look at what is the profile of the person that has worked the best for you? Is it a single mom? Is it an age group of 30 to 40? Is it someone who's had experience in the cleaning business or someone who has not had any experience? If you analyze, take a few minutes and think of your very best employees and and think of the demographic. What does this person look like? What qualities does this person have? And then you know that that person has been, that profile has been successful in your company. Mm-hmm. And if you can hire as close to that profile again, do the same thing with people who have not worked well for you. And I know in many companies, it's people that are 19, 18, 19, 20. Most of them are very hard workers, but they will leave you in a heartbeat to go somewhere else. I'm just talking very typically, not in every case, of course. So so if that profile, that age group, and not to, I'm not suggesting discrimination at all. I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying figuring out what works best in your company and hire to that profile. The characteristics, the right? Yeah. So almost having like um, a team member avatar instead of having a client avatar, having a team member avatar. I spoke with uh, Josh Melton, who owns Athens Cleaning in Georgia, and he said that he has three profiles for the ideal type of team member that he's got a young sort of student type profile who wants to earn a little bit more money to help, you know, get through college, uh, sort of 35 to 40 year old profile who, right. you know, wants right. to earn a bit more money for savings. And then the the more retired profile for people who, you know, want to have something to do other than sure. just, sure. you know, sitting around at home for one of a better expression. And he found that really useful. Once he honed in on those three sort right. of profiles, then he was able right. to you know, create the right sort of marketing and find the right areas to, you know, the the right areas where these sorts of profiles hung out and to be able to market in the right areas, which then increases success rate. That's really important. Um, And I think that owners have to be open to hiring part-time people. You miss out on a lot of good employees if you eliminate part-timers from your, your, uh, your staff. I staffed my company with a lot of part-timers because they were more flexible. I had much more flexibility with scheduling. If someone called out, I had someone that I could call to fill those hours or to fill that spot. Whereas if you're locked into all full-time people and somebody calls out, you're stuck. You don't have anyone to fill that, that schedule. So it gives you much more flexibility 
I would much rather have more people that work fewer hours that I can pull. I've got a pool of people that I can pull from. Yeah, um, and it's building so that and nurturing that over time as well, right? I guess yes. that is that the sort of approach that you took from starting yes. with six to, yes. you know, 100 plus. That doesn't mean that all of them have to be, as you're saying, work full time all the time, but it's having the flexibility to have like a right. core team and then a, a kind of periphery who's right. able to fill in some of the gaps, right. but also fulfill some of the more regular functions, right? Right. And we did, we had some special teams too. We did window cleaning. So we had a window team. We had a floor team. They, they, floor crew was out every night taking care of floors with the stripping and recoding and so forth. And then we had a post-construction cleanup division. Mm. So we had those folks who were part-time primarily, but you really just have to spend the time in planning, which it, we were talking about a little earlier. This is the perfect time of yeah. year doing that, figuring out what you're going to do. What is your business going to look like next year? Yeah. The, especially quiet time right now. Out of curiosity, so as you um, grew the staff in your business, were they all employees or did you have independent contractors? Did you subcontract some work? No, I didn't do any subcontracting. Okay. Most most contracts um, that I was involved with did not allow for subcontracting. Okay. You had to have your own employees. Yeah, They felt you had better control over what the employees did. Because yeah. in the States, the regulations are very difficult for subcontractors. Okay. They're very, very tight. Um, okay. There are a lot of rules and it's in, in, in it's easy to not be aware of all the rules and to break those. But the subcontractors, you generally don't have as much control over the training, wearing of your uniforms, mm. all the kinds of things that a business who hires you wants to know about. Yeah. They want to know how you train your people and they want to know that people are going to show up in a uniform and not scrubby old clothes that they just threw on to go clean. Yeah. So, um, and you can't do that when you have subcontractors. So I used all employees. We had an annual, uh, well, we had two annual events for our employees that really helped with the motivation. One was a summer picnic where they all brought their spouses and they all brought, it was a big potluck and we had a pinata for the mm. little children, all the children. We had face painting. We had all kinds of fun things and everybody got a door prize. So everyone went home with something nice. that was fun. And then I had in the wintertime, we had a annual employee appreciation meeting. It was a brunch and they all came to a very nice restaurant. Um, we had to rent a huge room for them, but they could bring their families with them. We had door prizes and I just something simple, like one of the door prizes was a microwave. And this is going back now into the 90s. So this is going back ways. One of the door prizes was a microwave. The young lady that won this microwave and the microwave cost me $88 US. So the lady who won it actually came to tears when she won this. She said, I don't have a microwave. I can't afford a microwave. I'm so happy. This makes me thrilled. And just it just did my heart so good to see that something as simple as a portable tabletop microwave brought all the joy to this woman. She was with me for years, years and years. And it's that kind of thing especially when it's in front of their peers yeah. where they get recognized means a whole lot 
Now it's you huge. mentioned you mentioned training there. I know you know in your consulting practice you work generally with cleaning business of a uh, million dollars plus turnover. Do you often find that they have good training infrastructure in place, or is that something that you need to introduce into their business to to kind Usually, of I have to. We introduce it in a structured manner. Usually, there is some form of training, but it's very haphazard. Mm. And kind of the last minute, I'm gonna. She's gonna work with so and so and train with her. Uh, so there's not structure to it. The training program really needs to have several components. Some of them would include a first day orientation, mm. simple things like this is how we handle lunch breaks. This is how we handle other breaks. This is where you can put your coat and your hat or, or you'll be wearing it with you if you're going to work from home. These are the procedures and the policies. Something as simple as a couple of hours in the office doing those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't have an office, if you're working from home, then the people need to come to your home, your home office, and be trained on and do the necessary paperwork for the government and so forth and get that before they are put into the field doing the actual work yeah. and yet before one more step before they go into the field is you have to adults learn differently from children so you have to show them what to do you have to do it in front of them mm. showing them and having them do it and then you let them do it on their own Okay. so that they get a feel for what to do. And that's where you make the corrections for things that you see that they maybe didn't grasp. Yeah. But you want to yeah. make sure, and, and many, many training programs teach on wet work versus dry work. Yeah. So they'll yeah. teach them how to do bathrooms, restroom, sanitation, disinfecting for commercial, in-home bathrooms for residential, kitchens, kitchenettes, all of the things that would be wet work, floor mopping, that kind of thing. And then they move to the dry work. And that would be the dusting, the high dusting, the low dusting, baseboards, um, vacuuming, all the things that would be considered dry. That's just one way some people do it. Yeah. But you want to make sure that they have a thorough understanding by, by showing, telling, showing, and letting them do it and then correcting whatever you see that's a deficiency in what they're doing. And is the training program, is there like ongoing development or is it just a one and done, you know, once? No, it's, it's usually, it's one and done for a new hire to get them started yeah. so that they can get into the field. But the training really has to be ongoing for everyone in the company. Okay. It really needs to be a monthly or at least every other month. It needs to be very, um, it can be short and sweet. It can be on one topic. It can be, this is, we're going to talk about safety today. We're going to talk about safety when using ladders or safety with pulling out cords from a plug yeah. or whatever it is you want to talk about. It can be short and sweet, 15 minutes. Yeah. That's really all it needs to be as a refresher. You can certainly make it longer if you like, but if they get some form of training every month or bi-monthly, that's really good. And smaller companies, it's really easier for them to get together more often yeah. because there yeah. aren't as many of them to gather. Yeah. Employees are usually paid for this time. It isn't voluntary. If they're required to come, they really need to get paid for that time yeah. and, and training. But it has to be ongoing on a regular basis. So I guess um, 
you know the training and as with uh, another topic that we'll touch on now the the sort of the financial planning now is obviously a, a relatively quiet time of the year um i know uh, we spoke before about commercial is ongoing you know if you're doing construction i, right. I imagine it sort of slows down and residential yes. tenancy cleans that type of thing but now yes. is is a good time to plan for you know the new year a financial perspective certainly there's there's a cost element to the training um so to yes. whether that's having someone in-house or having some sort of online delivery you know what what recommendations would you make for uh businesses to kind of incorporate that within their budgeting and, and, and what's one of the or what are some of the effective ways to be able to um to have uh you know a training system um kind of well, throughout the year a lot of companies pay the trainers uh, an extra hourly rate Mm-hmm. Um, if they are an hourly employee, they pay them an extra hourly rate because they are working while they're training, but it slows them down and it has to be worked into your budget. You really have to take a look at, at the previous year and see how many new hires you had and how long the training was in order for you to plan for this year approximately the same the same amount of people and the same amount of hours but it 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 will take time and it has to be built into your cost of doing business um, uh, there isn't any other way around it uh, online training if the online training can be independently done and there are many canned programs out there um, now that are that are good. I know the Jan, not to give any one particular one a plug, sure. but I, what comes to mind is the janitorial store. Yeah, they have yeah, they've got they a bunch of resources online. Um, Checked out their ton. YouTube channel, their website is really a ton. Full yes, of they have, and they're good training programs. They're yeah. solid. So if you can get someone to sit, and this would be part of that that day, that orientation day, get their training started online before, I mean, you really got to jump ahead then before you put them with a trainer. The The whole key is to having a program in writing mm-hmm. and whether you get it from the janitorial store or you create your own. Um, and you can always have a trainer work on that, work mm-hmm. on creating something yeah. that he or she feels is important. As long as they follow it, step by step by step by step and teach every person the very same way you have to always modify a little bit for your student because they all learn at a different pace but if it says number step number one we're attacking the bathroom the restroom and this is how we're starting we're going top to bottom left to right Mm -hmm. we're doing the wet work we're doing the floors we're doing the sink then the toilet then the shop whatever the steps are that you have they should be in writing and that will make the whole training experience more effective for the trainer but also more cost effective because I have seen trainers who just grasp at straws. We'll take here and we're going to go here. And she did really well on this. So we can skip over to this and we'll do this. It's just chaos. And the poor trainee is scratching her head or his head wondering what am I doing? So it's got to be a systematic step by step process. Um, and again, the janitorial store has some some great resources for that. Yeah, for sure. Help you. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, having a documented training program uh, really helps and then it helps you like develop it out as well, right? So you can build upon it and as time goes right. by as you 
you know, change uh, sort of cleaning modalities as well from residential to commercial right. to tenancy. Um, so that that I think is super important. Uh, now, and, and some, I, I could just throw in that some uh, companies actually create their own videos. Okay. So they say they don't like anything that's out there. It's too canned. It doesn't do what I want them to do. So it's either the owner or maybe someone in the office or maybe the trainer. Yeah. They just make their own videos and yeah. they make them. And again, you can't make these videos long. If they're more than 30 minutes a piece, you're going to lose the people. So yeah. keep them short and simple and sweet. Let them look at how you do this. Let them practice how you do it in your office. And then come back and look at the next section. Yeah. Here's how you do this. Let me go practice and come back. Now, look, Shan, I know another topic that we wanted to touch on was sort of financial planning for the forthcoming year. I know we're right. sort of coming up right. to uh, calling time on this episode. But what right. I would like to ask you is if you're open to it, inviting you back for a second episode and kind of dive deeper Absolutely. into the financial sure. aspect because i know that that's a yes. really important point especially with you know planning for a new year and that kind of thing as well so if that's that's cool then you know i'd love to and, and that's a, that's a topic people run from they yeah. say math oh no math <laughs> yeah. i have to know math i can't but do but it's that. important to know your numbers yeah. right you need to know your numbers you to have kind of to. see what your business is doing and where to. where changes need to be made but yeah i think you know the the training and the um the staff recruitment and building out the team and, and having them buy into your company is massively yes. important you know it's it's a recurring theme that i've come across with um previous guests that i've spoken to as well uh, and it's right. often something that is you know particularly for, for smaller businesses i know as, as you sort of grow a business it, it kind of becomes a lot more relevant from a leadership perspective as well but for smaller businesses that's that's often lost and if you know if you are a small uh, cleaning business listening to this and you want to grow, then it's really something that you kind of need to buy into early on, right? Because it, it lays the foundation Absolutely. And, as you and, experienced. Right. And and frankly, there are more small companies than there are large companies. Large companies just contribute more volume. But as far as numbers, companies under a million are much greater than companies over a million. Yeah, for sure. There are many sure. more of them. So there's power in those numbers. Uh, and if they can emulate some of the things that the larger people do, if they can do that early on, their chance of success is greater, you know, rather than stumbling through, yeah. find yeah. someone to help you um, get on the right track. And once you're on the right track, then you just continue to grow and grow and grow. Yeah. But yeah. If you're stumbling and you make the same mistake over and over and over, then you're just spinning your wheels. Yeah, for sure. So look, Sharon, as as we draw to a close, I've, I normally go into a, a bit of a quick fire round as we're a little bit limited on time. I'm going to ask you just the one question, which is sure. what is your one golden rule for running a successful cleaning business? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank just you for I that. Stump, just thought I'd stump you with that. I know we spoke about you know, staff and training. And I know there's a financial aspect as well. But, you know, with your experience and having worked with other cleaning businesses, I'm pretty sure that there's a, a recurring theme that you have found, which is well, a platform to build on. I, I, I would say it has to be uh, this is a people business, mm. whether it's your customer relations or your employee relations if you don't get that part right nothing else matters and to me the employee is more important than the customer 
because yeah. without them and without the right attitude in the within the employee and within the organization, mm-hmm. if you're not working together as a team, it doesn't matter if you know your numbers and it doesn't matter if you have all the new business you can handle. If you don't have a team to accomplish that and work together in one direction, yeah. everybody's yeah. on the same page. And that's ideal. That's not always going to happen. So you have to be able to quickly weed out the ones that aren't Mm. we always say hire slow and fire fast yeah (laughs) because they will they will bring you down and there is no no point at all in letting that one bad apple in the bushel ruin it for everyone so they have to go it's hard for owners to do that but that's the reality it is difficult but the sooner you nip it in the bud the better um, look, Sharon, um, where is uh, the best place for people to find you to get in contact with you? They can go to my website. It's cleaningbusinessconsultinggroup.com. It's a long one. But if you just Google cleaning business consulting, I will come yeah, we'll, up. We'll have the link in the show notes anyway. So that's okay. Fine. Very um, good. So look, Sharon, I really appreciate uh, this round one. I appreciate you taking out the time. Uh, I'm really looking forward yeah. to um, arranging round two where we can dive into some of the finances because I know that I'll be awesome. learning uh, a lot awesome. more stuff then as well. Okay. Uh, so for now, thank you very much for um, for joining us and uh, we'll speak pleasure. to you soon. All right, my pleasure. All thank right. you. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks to our guest, Sharon Karen, for joining us on the Growth Lab podcast. And thanks to you guys for listening. You can access the show notes and resources via the link in the episode description. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others who you think will find it useful across social media or leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am underscore Matt Harris. That's M-A-T-T-H-A-R-R-I-S to catch all the latest from the Growth Lab and how to generate more contract opportunities for your cleaning business. See you next time. And remember, if your cleaning business isn't growing, it's dying.